Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Welcome to the podcast. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights. And I am your host, as always, Derek Wills. Thank you so much for being here today. This is, uh, obviously we're starting a little bit later than I had had, uh, anticipated, but it's okay. We're finally getting going. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Last night was absolutely nuts. Uh, There's a lot of misinformation going on and and, uh, a lot of confusion. And we're hoping to try to clear all of that up. Uh, before I get into all that, I just want to remind everybody, there's a couple of things coming up here. Uh, you only have six days left before we give away the custom AR-10 from ATX Armory. Um, check out the, uh, the link that I'm going to put in comments. It's, uh, it's on our website, lsgr.live. In the menu, you'll see ATX giveaway uh, for all of that information. Basically, every $5 you spend in our store is one free entry with no limit whatsoever. Also, we have these uh, postcards that we are sending to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is on the warpath to try and, and enact universal background checks in the state of Texas. He's not up for re-election until 2022, and uh, next session is 2021. So we need to convince him that his current path is going to lead to him being fired. So uh, we're selling these for $5. We'll send them on your behalf. We will sign your name to them and we will mail them to his office. Hopefully we can get flood his office with over a thousand of these uh, and really send a crystal clear message to him that he needs to stop what he is doing and he needs to get back on the right track. All right, now let's get to the the nitty gritty. Um, I have with me today uh, from a nondescript location, in the middle of some area in or in or in in or out of the United States, I can't confirm or deny where he is. But the one and the only uh, whiskey and rebellion, he is the one who has been keeping everybody up to date as much as possible uh, in, with the, uh, the I guess the boogaloo that happened in New York last night. Uh, whiskey, are you there, sir? Hey man, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank thanks you for the opsec. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I, I look. You were the point man on this whole thing. Everybody was going to you for information because th- this whole thing was such a a, a Charlie Foxtrot that yeah, absolutely. That, nobody knew what to believe. Like even myself, I don't. I, it's hard to understand exactly what can be believed. Uh, with all of the misinformation that was going around. So uh, let's try and clear some of that up. Let's try and stick to only the facts and what we can prove. Uh, We'll touch on the speculation, uh, but let's start off with how this whole thing got started. What what can we prove on how this got started? Yeah, no problem. Um, So, I mean, yesterday afternoon, I had – I was – busy doing other stuff. I wasn't online. Uh, I got on just, you know, for a minute, I wanted to see what was going on. And I had about 10 or 15 messages from people 
telling me that I need to look at Alex's um, profile, Alex being Whiskey Warrior 556. And so I went over and looked and I saw his story and he um, had a chain of stories where he's sitting up in the attic of his house in Kit um, talking about costs. And I couldn't really make it out until I started seeing that there were pictures of um, police cruisers and he had a picture of an APC that was there. And then um, later in the chain of stories, he had made reference to a red flag. And so immediately in my mind, um, you know, I've, I've known Alex for a while. Uh, he's been a longtime follower. He started a page um, after I did. Like the way it works on social media is that people who run liberty minded pages, like we definitely stick together. Um, cause in our mind, you know, we're outnumbered <laughs> by right. a lot. Uh, and you know, he's one of our own. And so, um, immediately I just started blasting out as much information as I could trying to get people aware of the situation. And then I didn't want this to be something where, you know, uh, the cops had it in their ability to just immediately go in and raid. Right. Right. Because the way um, I know that he was drinking, I don't blame him. I would have been, too, uh, with everything that was going on. Um, scared, you know, to death, as I imagine I would be. And yeah. uh, really, I just wanted to make sure that like there were witnesses. Right. I didn't want the cops and the media to be able to do whatever they want and then spin whatever they want and have another instance of something like you know, that botched raid in Houston where exactly. the, where the couple was killed. So, um, you know, I just tried to get as many other pages to start spreading the message, say like what we had going on and I wanted to keep everybody updated. Um, and we were able to get some people which ended up, I guess, being close to 80 or a hundred people, um, from around the tri-state area to get up into, uh, northern um northern new york to you know just get eyes on um and let us know what was happening and then it with all the traction that it got um it really just blew up and a lot of people started talking about it and a lot of people started going um and so for the rest of the night i was just kind of glued to my phone trying to get information from people who were there, people who were headed there, um, and try to make sense of everything that was going on. Um, that being said, like last night was pretty ripe with misinformation. Yes. Um, because you know, it, it, it wasn't like, I know that a lot of people were coming to me, but, um, one, like I, you know, didn't have the whole story either. I'm not even in the same area of the United States. I mean, I was just going through word of mouth of other people. Right. Um, but, you know, everybody, it was very, very decentralized, which I think was a good thing in some regards because it got more people aware of the situation. But it wasn't all the same situation um, that we had in our minds. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, um, I know that there were a few things that on Twitter, for example, I had to make corrections because I was getting information that was contradictive and, you know, trying to sort out what's actually what. But 
you know, as long as with how many people were involved and how many people caught on to the story and how difficult it was made for police to do their job and things like that. And, you know, we were able to get the police off of the offensive just to where they could not go in and raid that house with all the other things they had to worry about, like people showing up and things like that. You know, if that had even the littlest bit of, um, or if that was even the littlest bit responsible for, you know, keeping them from raiding the house and keeping Alex alive, then that's all we could really ask for. And like you said, we're not going to know the whole story until we are able to hear it from Alex. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was a successful night, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, uh, so he was, um, he was obviously drinking and a lot, of, uh, there have been, I, I don't want to say a lot, but, uh, there have been more than a few, uh, people who were casting judgment on him for, for being intoxicated. And, you know, he was slurring his words a little bit, but like you said, I can't blame him for that because, all of a sudden, he finds himself uh, in a standoff with law enforcement, and you know we don't really know all of the backstory that's that's surrounding it. But it's interesting in the fact that you know the first thing that he brings up is it's over him possessing thirty round magazines, and yeah. he's wearing a plate carrier, and it's pretty clear that it actually has armor in it. But he shows his mag pouches and shows them to be empty, um, and then he goes off on a on a on a couple of tangents talking about how uh, the founding fathers would be upset with him and or with with the with the police that were showing up to enforce these laws. And one of the things that he brought up, I thought, was a very very interesting point, and it's not one that's spoken a lot about. And that's that while these legislators write these laws. Uh, the cops that were showing up were coming to enforce the laws, which makes it worse in a sense because of the fact that if a law is written and goes unenforced, then it's not exactly technical. I mean, technically it is a law, but it has no f force of law because it's not being enforced. With him finding himself in this situation, that point in and of itself shows the dangers and the, uh, I, I guess, how scary a situation like this could be assuming whether his story is 100% accurate or if anybody else in the future finds themselves in this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and too, you know, you got to understand with the way that cops work and the laws work, um, the cops are always going to be the ones to escalate it, right? Like, especially when you've got the situation like we saw last night where he's up in his house, you know, the cops aren't going to leave. Right. So it basically comes down to him having to make a choice like, do you value your life more than your freedoms? And like, that's not a choice that a man should really be given, right? Especially over a 30 round piece or a, you know, a piece of plastic that <laughs> can hold 30 rounds. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, and a man like Alex who believes so strongly in his rights, like a lot of the rest of us do, um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not just gonna just give them up. And so when you're faced with, 
well, you don't want to give up your rights, but that means that they're going to keep escalating to the point where they come into that house with guns, you know, like, of course you're going to be scared. Yeah. Uh, you um, know, I, I'm monitoring the chat here and Evan says something uh, very interesting. He said, New York could cut that department's budget nine, by 90%. They had all the resources to waste an APC choppers and dozens of personnel on, on one drunk quote unquote and PTSD vet with a metal box containing a spring. Um, Evan, I think that the one thing that you're uh, likely wrong about is that his magazine was probably made of plastic. Uh, but I, I think Evan's absolutely right in that regard. What do you think, Whiskey? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to have to repeat that last part. Oh, I, I, I was basically saying that the one thing that Evan's wrong about is that his box was probably made of plastic and not of metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's that's kind of the mind-blowing thing to me, right, is how many resources were spent on this guy. Like this, this one dude who, as far as I know, like wasn't posing a threat to anybody. Um, and you know, it goes along with it later in the night, like we ended up having so many people get involved that they all started calling the police department and the sheriff's department. And there were so many phones that it like crashed their system. Right. Right. And one of the things that stuck with me as being so ridiculous was that the cops said um, later in one of their statements that, you know, they made a big hubbub about how like the emergency, the emergency services system went down and people who needed it, like weren't able to call. And it kind of blows my mind because you're like, well, if other people needed it, like, why do you have essentially the entire city and county's police force? like dealing with this one guy with a 30 round mag when they're or with 30 round mags supposedly when there could be people out there actually being harmed. Right. No, so, that's, that's a valid question for sure. You know, it's like you can, they can play that like card where they try to make everybody feel like now they're the victims because this dude was taking up resources, but they're the ones who chose to spend all those resources on a single guy. Right. Uh, you know what the, the, one of the officers that was on the ground said something that was so egregious. He said, this is a mentally ill guy and he doesn't need people on social media telling him his rights are being violated. Like, yeah, I tweeted that today. That blew my, <laughs> that blew my mind, man. What do you expect us to do? You're violating his rights. It doesn't matter if he's mentally ill or not. He understands the concept of his rights being violated, which means he's well, probably not mentally ill. What pisses me off, though, about that is that this is the perfect example of why people like me don't believe in um, background checks and, you know, the caveats that they try to place on mental health. Yeah, because they can place they can put anybody in that situation. Absolutely. You know, they can they can paint anybody and misconstrue the facts in any way to show anybody as being mentally unstable. Right. Like Alex, I know, isn't a mentally unstable guy. Right. And he's he's a veteran. Right. And for them to then play the PTSD card where they try to make him look like some, you know, crazy babbling vet that's, you know, living in his house. I don't know. Um, it should be concerning, especially to any other veterans listening to this, because guess what guys, like, you know, you get into that situation where you don't want to give up your rights and you value your right to self-defense and to maintaining arms and owning arms 
like you're going to be painted as crazy. Yeah. They'll, they'll paint you however they need to. And we've seen that a lot in the last um, 24 hours of them spinning things the way that they want to spin it in order to, you know, essentially cast doubt on Alex's story and like relieve themselves of any like wrongdoing. Yeah. Um... Cause now, cause now like there's one, there's one side, right? They've put themselves in a position where there's one side that's going to come out, you know, is untarnished and they they are going to do whatever they can to make him look like the bad guy. So it takes the spotlight off of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we got a, we got a couple of uh, comments on YouTube as well. Uh, one says a police officer is not qualified to make a, di- a medical diagnosis, especially without even getting to know the person. That's a thousand percent right. Um, there you, go. You, you know, uh, another person uh, wants to know what do you think of the official police report? Uh, I mean, the the official police report is, I mean, a joke. To be honest, um, I'm not especially qualified to give you all the details but the few things like when they said that uh the deputy or the police officer heard a gunshot um but then when they searched the house and found no weapons you know that just screams to me it's like when a cop says that he smells weed on your car right or in your car just to get inside like that sounds like bs you know, we um, it's not like we've never had that happen before, even in an, in a standoff incident. Uh, Waco definitely didn't have anything like that, nor did uh, yeah, Ruby right. Ridge or or anything else like that. You know, a, a lot of the, the people that I, that I've been talking about or talking with about this incident, you know, they're, they're, they were worried that it was going to turn into Ruby Ridge 2.0. And as was I, because it's like this guy has done as far as we know, nothing wrong. And then we see the, the, what appears to be a media smear campaign, trying to paint him as this person that has prior convictions, which we can't substantiate. Uh, you know, just because a media report says it doesn't necessarily make it true. Do you, uh, so let me ask you this. Um, you seem to, to know, uh, Alex fairly well. Is that, is that a correct assumption? I, I mean, I'd say as much as, you know, anyone really, on like over online right i've never met the guy but i have talked to him right and uh, would you how long would you say that you and him have been engaging on social media oh i mean it's probably been a year now okay uh would you say that you would be somebody who might be viable given your limited uh, interaction with him where you could become where, where you would feel comfortable being a character witness for him oh i mean like if you're talking in a court probably not but i would like to say though that anybody who has beliefs like alex and i have right like i know i'm not probably like most of your listeners where i'm an anarchist i don't believe in the state at all um and neither does alex but you know, we seem crazy to everybody. Um, so like they can paint him out as crazy and I don't think it really matters, you know, whether or not he, um, is like right in the head. I think even his beliefs, you know, to the court or to these police officers, things like that, like that's enough to claim that, you know, he's insane. 
Right. Now, um, I'm a I'm a Navy vet. Uh, I I know plenty of people I mean, who are vets. Like I'm an, I'm an Army vet. Right. Like, I, I, so I was lucky and I don't have PTSD, uh, but many of my friends do. Um, and this whole thing has been, you know, scary in the sense that if you're going to paint an individual, uh, a military veteran who has seen combat, who does, you know, who, who does suffer from PTSD, if you're going to paint that individual as a dangerous individual, well, then I have a feeling that if they don't already, you're going to have a lot of veterans uh, refusing to answer, if they don't already, uh, myself included, uh, refusing to answer the, do you have firearms in your home question that uh, the people at the VA like to ask? Because that right there, it, this whole thing is an example of why we don't want to answer that question. It's 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 nobody's business. Um now, I, here's, a, here's a question that's been kind of plaguing the minds of a lot of people, and that is, how does his wife play into this? There was a, initial reports that his wife was the one who reported him, and then there was a chat, that, a screenshot of a chat released uh, from Instagram where he said, no, I was at work at the time, and law enforcement threatened my wife uh, and kids with, with uh, CPS, um, and then I came home later. Uh, so, do you happen to know anything as far as the role that his wife plays in this whole whole fiasco? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things, right, where you got conflicting information um, from, like, what I can tell that uh, his wife being home and then CPS being threatened because she wouldn't let the cops into his house. Um, I understand that to be true. Um, but... You know, the only really viable thing I guess I can say about like his relationship with his wife or anything is that like I know that he's got a new baby and he loves the shit out of that baby. Oh, excuse me, I was it's, supposed to say it's that. okay, man. It's um, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know he like he loves that baby and everything like that. So I'm having a really hard time buying if there was anything you know, like any sort of domestic violence. I will tell you, um, just from the looking the researching that I did, uh, New York State, with any domestic violence, what they called it in the police report was a domestic incident. Right. Um, they didn't say domestic violence. And why they do that is because in New York State, they've got what's called a domestic incidents report. Mm -hmm. And that report encompasses most of things that could happen, right? Like domestic violence or some sort of fight would is just one of them. So even if they had just had an argument, like every single couple in the on the planet has, uh, bingo, it's all it's all the same form, right? So, so I would assume, and it, and, and it correct, could also. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> well, it it could also be that you know that report would still be filed if um, he was at work, like I'm hearing, and his wife gets visited by the cops, and he's not there if he was on the phone with her, if she called him and he's telling her like, no, like don't let the cops in. And then, um, you know, they could even have an argument on the phone and that could possibly be grounds for like a domestic incident report. Right. Like I'm just saying that them putting that into the police report is another one of those examples where you're like, wow, you guys really knew what you were doing. 
because that, you know, domestic incident was sort of blown out of proportion and assumed to mean domestic violence. Right. Like he was a wife beater. Right. And that whole thing, it's almost like they intentionally labeled it to be similar in the fact that anybody skimming a news report will automatically assume domestic violence. Um, which, Bingo, I think that. Which, I mean, let's face it, you could get a domestic violence charge for uh, just, you know, say for instance, uh, you and your wife are having a fight and you decide to walk past her and you brush up against her. That is grounds for a domestic violence charge. So, you know, anybody that would read domestic incident automatically assumes domestic violence, but they also assume that domestic violence means that he beat the ever-living crap out of her, not not anything that would be considered a superfluous just act that somebody could get uh, somebody could get charged with domestic violence for. Um, so as far as the charges are concerned, you posted a screenshot on your Twitter. Uh, somebody had contacted you, said that he was a cop, he had connections, and that uh, well, it was a uh, just to set that straight. Um, it was a guy who lives in that town. Okay. Um, and he knew a cop, and he was texted the cop. Okay. And so he had sent me over that screenshot. Okay, I got you. So um, this is where things get really kind of hazy because the reports were there were so many conflicting reports of was he in custody was he not in custody was uh, have they arrested him are they charging him uh, or is it still ongoing now uh, according to the press release from the uh, Putnam County Sheriff's Department they said that he was he was arrested uh, one of them said suggested that he was being charged with multiple uh, crimes, including like burglary, which yeah. I don't know how you get charged with burglary when you're in your own house. Um, do you know like the the, so, the status of all these charges? So I I've yet to like really look into it, but one thing I did see on Twitter, a lawyer had brought it up that um in New York State, if you are in your house but the police want you out of the house, like burglary isn't just stealing something you know it's like being um in a house that you're not supposed to be oh my god are you serious so, yeah so i i have to actually look into that um the only reason i bring it up is because that's all i've been able to find as to why there would be a burglary charge um but you know what i mean i guess what kind of pissed me off is that the uh Kapu had said that there weren't going to be any charges, and then all of a sudden he's hit with a felony burglary charge. And like all of us know, you get a felony. <laughs> like, yeah. What are your chances of owning a weapon? You know. Yeah. No kidding. That is. Oh my god. I. I. I know that you still need to substantiate that claim, but it wouldn't surprise me in a police state like New York, where you could get a burglary charge for just being in your own house when the police don't want you to be. That is, oh my God, that is some status crap right there. That is one of the yeah. most egregious things I've ever heard, assuming that it's true, which it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it is. That's, uh, that's so, that is so jacked. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either, considering especially there was just a news article I read the other day that a guy had taken a, a tracking chip 
off of his car that he found. And then the police department um, who had put the chip there had uh, charged him with theft. You know, like he didn't take it. He just took it off and threw it on the ground, but it was still theft. Oh, my God. That's, you know, and that's I mean, we're just sort of kind of having to live with or, you know, like sleep in the bed that we all as Americans have made. And I think that if this incident that we had last night shows everybody anything, it's like, you know, they're they've got a guy who's a vet in a standoff with police. Um, and so what they do is they take the three things that, you know, most Americans agree that you should have, um, like mental health exceptions to gun ownership. So they've got like the vet with PTSD. They're going to hit on that really hard. Yep. Um, most Americans agree that if you're a felony or you've got a track record, you know, I, I don't agree with this, um, that you shouldn't be able to own guns. So they're going to go after that as hard as they can. And then, um, you know, like domestic violence too. So like, they're going to go with that and they're going to try really hard to paint him out to be as bad of a person as possible. And if, you know, history shows us anything, it's that the media is really good at swaying public opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I brought up Ruby Ridge earlier. Um, and so many of y'all might have caught the show where I had Phil Rabelais on, uh, who's a, a good friend of mine, who's also a published author. Uh, if you haven't checked out his book on Amazon, it's American Insurgent. I highly recommend it. Uh, I was talking with him and he was like, holy crap, I was not expecting parts of my book to come true so soon. And I, yeah, right. Yeah, and I was I was talking with him, and we started talking a little bit about Ruby Ridge. Um, and Ruby Ridge essentially boils down to uh, the FBI murdered Randy Weaver's entire family over a couple of hundred dollars in back taxes. That's essentially it, because he was sawing off barrels of shotguns and not paying the you know the the treasury yeah. the NFA tax, and you know this whole thing over here. It's not even about taxes. It's about it's it's about a container, either plastic or metal, that holds ammunition of more than seven rounds. Because I guess if you carry eight, that's whenever anarchy. Uh, I'm talking Mad Max style anarchy, not uh, not the not the the utopian anarchy that <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's like, when isn't, when are people going to say enough is enough? When are we going to stand up and, and, and shout from the rooftops that you can't be, uh, harassing people, arresting people, killing people over such small and insignificant things like $200 for a tax or a, a, a plastic box. You know, I, I was really proud of the 2A community last night for coming out and, and, and supporting him at the cemetery and, and sweeping across social media. Uh, I don't know if you were able to catch any of it last night, but the uh, Late Night Liberty uh, did a live stream until about midnight central time, uh, just trying to keep up with all the facts. I, I thought that was great, but at the same time, like, why is any of this even happening? This is one of the most egregious infringements on liberty that that I've ever seen. You know, our a, a, a lot of conservatives like to bring up the founding fathers. 
our founding fathers would have gone to war a long ass time ago. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I, I can't really answer this question without, you know, sounding anarchist, but, um, you know, everything that the state does is backed by force, right? Like whatever they put down on paper, whatever law they pass, when it comes down to it, if you refuse to accept it, you're either going to be threatened, you know, with violence or violence is going to be used on you or you're going to be extorted into giving yourself up and, you know, going into a cage. Yeah. So it shouldn't be as a like be a surprise to people that when you have laws saying that you can't have a you know magazine with over a certain amount of rounds in it, like the state will, you know, if they come and tell you no and you refuse, like the state's not going to hesitate to use deadly force. Yeah. You know that's that's why there's certain things that you're just not supposed to have laws about like the founders believed that you know there were things that the government wasn't supposed to touch yeah i mean i mean let's face it they had an an armored personnel carrier show up full of cops all armed with select fire m4s and those evil 30 round magazines uh in order to uh coerce an unarmed individual a private citizen who was on his own property into coming quietly and being put in chains and put in into a cage to be arraigned on criminal charges for not hurting anybody. Um, uh, Bingo. So, like it, it goes along with what I was saying earlier too. Like they're always going to escalate it. Absolutely. I you mean, I mean the same thing no happened in Waco. You, you know, if we, if we want to get really down to it, I mean, David Koresh certainly wasn't a saint, but if, if, if the story holds true that David Koresh was raping children, how come it was the ATF executing the search warrant and not the local sheriff's department when they knew what diner he went to on a daily basis and knew David Koresh personally? You know, it, well, yeah, I mean, even the, the sheriff, right? Like the Branch Davidians called the sheriff as soon as the firing started, right? Like the Koresh would have gone and, you know, handed himself over to the local sheriff. I feel like, you know, if the ATF didn't come there, but the ATF were also, I can't remember what the name of the operation or the plan or whatever they called it was, but they were trying to look for something big after Ruby Ridge to save face. Right. Right. Because when it comes down to it, like all of these government agencies, it could be police departments, it can be the ATF, whatever. Um, they're trying to expand, right? It's, it's just a universal truth that they are trying to, you know, get more funding for what they do. And, um, you know, that's, that's a scary thing. Like when those people have that kind of drive and they also have a monopoly on violence to where they can essentially do as they please, as long as, um, people, you know, don't get too up in arms about it. Like we shouldn't be surprised that, this is the way that our system works. Right. Uh, so one of the things that was um, kind of confusing about about last night was uh, some people suggested that your social media accounts had been hacked by the feds uh, in order to help spread misinformation about this whole thing. Uh, and some of that has even uh, trickled over to, to being that you are an informant for the fed. We got a, a commenter on youtube saying uh whiskey and rebellion is an effing fed he deleted his posts and changed his story 
either he's an informant <laughs> or was threatened and caved like a soy boy B word. Uh, I'm going to try yeah, and keep this I'm family sure. friendly. Uh, so can you clear any of that up for us? Yeah. So I think that where most of that came from was um, one, you had three people who were mainly, you know, I guess talked about that night or referenced. It was me, Whiskey and Rebellion. Mm-hmm. You've got Whiskey Warrior. Yep. And then you've got the guy who was there for me live streaming smoking whiskey. Right. Right. And I think that at some point, like all those whiskeys, somebody mixed up. Right. One yeah. of them, right? It's easy to get and confused. I know that um, smoking whiskey was the one who was feeding me a lot of information, including uh, that text with the cop. And when, uh, you know, who was a friend of his and when the cop freaked out seeing his texts up on social media, um, he had asked me to delete it. And I had said yes, because, you know, I dragged the guy out of bed from across the country to go and check up on another guy I knew over social media out in the cold. And when he asked me to do it, I was like, well, you know, with that and then me really not being sure what the hell was going on anymore because I was getting all this mixed information from other people about whether or not it was still going on. Um, I deleted that post. And as soon as I deleted that post, I think then all hell just kind of broke loose. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, as as for the claim that I'm a fed, like that's a crock of horse shit. <laughs> so, uh, and, and your accounts didn't get hacked either. Is that correct? No, my account didn't get hacked. Okay. Um, do you have any more insight on what exactly happened in the cemetery? Because I know, uh, anywhere from 80 to a hundred people gathered in support of Alex at the cemetery, which was just around the corner from his house. Um, they're, uh, on the police scanner as we were listening on, uh, Liberty late night, uh, there were reports late night that there were shots fired around that area. We don't know if it was from the cemetery or whatever, but after that initial report on the scanner, uh, keep in mind at this point they had all gone to encrypted comms, so listening to the scanner was kind of pointless anyway. And after that, after that initial shots fired call, we never heard anything about it on the scanner ever again. Uh, which which leads people to 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 get a little tinfoil hatty, and understandably so. I don't mean that to be derogatory, but uh, it, it gets people to their conspiracy wheels start to turn. Um, and there were also reports that any up to you know six people from the cemetery ended up getting arrested. Do you have any insight on that? Um, so I can't really substantiate anything at the cemetery other than what I'd heard was going on there, which is just what you were saying. Um, you know, the five or six guys that I was talking to all night, um, we had heard that there was a roadblock at the cemetery. Uh, and so they all went, you know, away from the cemetery. They tried to break through the perimeter and get eyes on the house to see, you know, to make sure that there wasn't a raid going down or to let me know when there was. Okay. Um, like they had just said they were going to be looking for nine banger flashes and you know, listening for gunfire. Um, and so I, I don't really know what to believe with the cemetery other than what I've heard, but as to what I can substantiate and say is true, like I really can't say much at all. Just that there was a roadblock right there. Okay. Um, so we haven't heard anything from Alex since last night. Uh, we heard that he was arraigned in court. 
Um, his wife is MIA, as which is, also seems weird for being a Saturday night. Yeah, I don't know if they made like special circumstances or something, but that just smells fishy to me too. Yeah, and you know, it also and, it also could have just been a misstatement. You know, they could have well, said too, just like um, like you'd said. I want to say like you know, if people have got their tinfoil hats on, like, I, I'm all for it, uh, and like I wouldn't want to take the truth over any of this either i guess the sticky situation that i'm in or the predicament that i'm in is that you know some of the tinfoil hatters are saying that now i'm a fed so (laughs) it's like like, well i think that that's bs but i'm glad that people are you know questioning right what happened because like you know like we were saying we haven't heard from alex yeah uh chances are that's a cause that's a cause for concern Chances are, with it being a weekend, he's not actually going to be arraigned until Monday. Um, yeah. That was probably a a misstroke on the uh, sheriff's department or the, the press's uh, keyboard whenever they typed that. Uh, that's more. That's the more likely scenario on that. Uh, as far as his wife is concerned, though, that is one thing that's a little bit concerning, as, as well as the... the the uh, Blue Falcon that reported him, allegedly his friend, uh, an army buddy of his, that reported him to law enforcement for this whole thing. Uh, now, they, the sheriff's department maintains this was not a red flag uh, investigation. Uh, we were there for this domestic incident. Um, and so much, one thing that was weird is uh, early this morning at about 9.30 Central Time, I had taken a screenshot of the sheriff's office statement because their original statement that said we heard shots and then after we arrested him we didn't find any weapons or ammunition um and that got deleted off of their facebook page and then their new one just said it it wasn't a red flag investigation we were there for a domestic incident uh and at 9 30 or so this morning when i had taken that screenshot it's the posted was four hours old and then again at 1 30 this afternoon I took another screenshot because the same post was now only 52 minutes old and the other one didn't exist anymore, Uh, which helps feed the conspiracy flames that they're trying to silence all of the people commenting. Now, it could just be that they were tired of all of the people uh, bashing them on social media and they just wanted to get rid of the comments. Um, But that's that's not good either. No matter how you look at it, that was a misstep. Uh, by the sheriff's department. Uh, I think that's also illegal too. I don't think that a, a government agency is allowed to take off comments on social media. I know that they can't delete comments. Yeah, so that's the same thing. It, it's interesting you bring that up. We're actually in the middle of a lawsuit with the speaker of the Texas House for this very thing. Um, but this was actually a very different. Uh, thing because instead of deleting individual comments they deleted the whole post and then reposted it which might be a loophole to be honest i don't i don't know but there's plenty of uh legal precedent out there to say that uh, if you are an elected official or if you are um if you are a uh, a representative body of a public entity like a sheriff's department, you can't silence people because of the fact that your Facebook page is essentially a public forum and silencing comments and blocking people would equate to silencing them at a public forum. 
Uh, yeah. But this might be one of those interesting little loopholes. Well, I can delete the whole post and then just post it again. Uh, but I, either way, it doesn't look good for the sheriff's department. So I would like the thing is, there haven't been any real answers coming out from this. Like, uh, I, I want to no, hear from his that, wife. Go, go, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, too, like, you know, that one, it's cause for concern. But um, I, I don't know if I can really articulate it, but it also just gives me the feeling that they're backpedaling. Like they, they almost know that they did something wrong somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's like they just don't want they don't want it to be thrown out. Like they, they want to come out on top. But that's just speculation on my part. I can't say that that's for sure or not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, uh, the victors are the ones who write the history books. Yeah, right. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm really glad that um, as far as we know, Alex is still alive and he will be able to set the record straight uh, at some point after his arraignment. And hopefully he can get bonded out relatively quickly. Uh, so that way he can set the record straight. Um, I, I hope that his wife can help substantiate some of, some of his claims because, you know, like I said, or everything is essentially hearsay at this point. And while I tend to, to believe Alex's story over the, over the state's story, because of the fact that the state is inherently corrupt, um, you know, I would like to be able to, instead of speculate, I would like to substantiate these claims and, and make it solid that the state came in and took essentially an innocent person who committed no crime against any particular victim and is now facing felony charges for doing the, that very thing. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm glad that he is still alive. I hope that he does get arraigned on Monday. Um, is there anything else that uh, that you feel needs to be cleared up as far as all of the miscommunication and everything that we know? Uh, I mean, no, not as far as the miscommunication. I think if anything, last night just taught me that, like, you know, once a story gets big enough and enough people are talking about it, like the truth is sort of out of your hands. You know what I mean? Um, It's a hard to keep everything together. Um, Everybody can throw their own two cents in. Like I know that 4chan, like they had their own idea of what was going on than did Instagram or, you know, Twitter. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if like the misinformation is the biggest thing that I could give you right now or if it's that you know I think that there's going to be reprisals might sound strong but um, just with everything that went on yesterday and how much of a Charlie Fox trot it was uh, like I wouldn't doubt if a bunch of big pages that were pushing the story and trying to get people to head over there Um, We're also like brought up on charges. So I don't think that this is, I think that this just started something, you know, I don't think that this is the end of anything. Yeah, no, I, 
I, I think so as well. You know, a lot of people were throwing around the word boogaloo last, you know, last night. And, uh, you know, I, I, for one, was pretty worried that there was going to be bloodshed. I mean, particularly because Alex posted a, a photo on, on Instagram that said, told the negotiator I wanted in writing that I'm not going to face any jail time or there will be blood. You know, I, I mean, that's that's concerning. Uh, you know, even if, if he's not saying there will be blood as far as uh, the the cops that are there, you know, I didn't I wouldn't want him to take, you know, spill his own blood voluntarily to avoid this this awful situation that he's found himself in, whatever the circumstances behind leading up to it would be. You know, it, it's uh, I seriously hope that at a minimum, this whole thing has put a spotlight on red flag laws on high capacity magazine bans on gun control generally and on law enforcement because one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is uh and and this isn't to to bash cops because a, a lot of conservatives and libertarians understand a necessity somewhat for for law enforcement but we like good law enforcement and the fact that people you know will put up on their on their trucks a thin blue line flag and then a a, a gadsden flag or a gonzalez don't try uh, to come and take it flag you know it's like you do realize that that flag over there is going to be the one to come and take it there are plenty of people even a state like even in a state like texas that would be more than happy to disarm the citizenry hell the chief of police in houston has already said that he would gladly yeah. gladly do that so I hope that this is an eye opener for a lot of people. It might have been a blue state like New York, but chances are, I mean, this is something that will happen no matter what state you're in, because you could be and you could be, find yourself as the target of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I had posted today, you know, um, politicians, they can write words down on paper, but it takes people actually enforcing them to bring that injustice into fruition you know they like cops and the feds and those who are in the executive like they're the arm of the state yeah right um so if the state gets out of control and they've you know they're gonna have people enforcing it like yes it's gonna be those cops and um those feds and whatnot but i would just say you know like I'm, it's very evident if you look at my page like i have next to you know no respect for cops and that's because of you know my political views and as well as you know my history with cops like i'm not a fan whatsoever um but like even you know even if you do like if you have cops in the family or something like that um i don't care you know if you like cops or you don't like cops just don't be the type of human being that idolizes you know authority figures because when you do yeah. you know it just makes it that much easier for the state to get away with what they do right. um so you know if you should look the same on any person regardless of badge or political title or whatever like what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong injustice is injustice yeah so it doesn't matter like what kind of uniform or costume you know the person wears or if they have a suit with a lapel pin on it like you know it like what like i said what's wrong is wrong so there's right. no excuse 
you know, like all, all the, you know, the, uh, the order follower, uh, like I always say on the page is much more culpable than the order giver because, you know, the order giver can say whatever they want, but it takes a person actually believing them and going along with it and enforcing what they say for there to be any injustice. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, it's just yeah. the way she is. Right. No. Uh, so for anybody watching, um, you know, the official, uh, poli or the, the official position at Lone Star Gun Rights, as far as our gun rights are concerned, is that the Second Amendment doesn't grant us anything. It is an, a recognition of our natural right to bear arms, and that any law that is contrary to our natural right to bear arms is an infringement on our natural right to bear arms. The Second Amendment could not exist, or the Second Amendment could say that only the state has the authority and the right to bear arms, and it wouldn't change the fact that we have the natural right to do so. You know, it is a tool that is necessary for the preservation of our other natural rights of life, liberty, and property. And the second that the state decides that they want to abridge or regulate or deny or otherwise control what tools an individual may deem necessary for their preservation of their life, liberty, or property, or that of their neighbor, then they have effectively sentenced that individual or that community to death because they can, the state can, and they, as they proved last night, they will come to put a boot on your neck if they are ordered to do so. That doesn't mean all of them will, but most of them will. Whether it be out of a pride for the badge that they wear or out of a fear of reprisal from their superiors, many will come and do what they are told. And it's sad, but there is a reason that only 3% of Americans in the colonies rose up and took up arms against the most powerful army in the world. And that is something that we need to remember. Last night could have ended very differently. And it's scary to think about. I don't want to hear about another situation like this, but chances are we will. And that's not something that I want to see. But we need to be ready for it, and we need to band together as a community, whether we're libertarians, anarchists, conservatives, or even if you're a liberal who, in, who understands the value of bearing arms. We all need to band together on this foundation, because it won't be long before blood will be shed. Blood has already been shed in the name of gun control. As recently, I mean, there was one in, in Maryland where a guy was red flagged and he refused to give up his arms and the and law enforcement killed him. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not going to be, you know, a lot of people think of it like an all out sweeping confiscation, but more than likely, you know, it's never going to really have to come to that as long as people are willing, you know, gun owners are willing to compromise on their rights. They're not going to go mile by mile, right? They're going to go inch by inch until they get to that mile. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's why like I'm a second amendment, not even a second amendment. I'm just a gun rights, like absolutist. I believe that the state has zero say in what people choose to defend themselves with. But you know, it's the people to me, the real threat, to the Second Amendment and to Americans' right to bear arms 
um, is the people who are willing to give up certain liberties for that, you know, security. Like, well, yeah, we can, you know, we can do background checks like that. That seems reasonable. Or, yeah, we could do mental health exceptions like that seems reasonable. You know, it's going to be a constant chipping away until there's nothing left. Absolutely. So sooner or later, you have to draw your line in the sand and say anybody who wants to cross it, like, I'm going to use it, use it or lose it. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I, I do. You know, last week I had on a mental health advocate uh, named Lee Spiller, and we talked about how these mental health uh, definitions being controlled by the state effectively makes things into a minority report like statist environment because you know people can check into a hospital expecting outpatient care and find themselves in a padded room um and you know gun rights aside this is this affects their entire life uh and it certainly affects their gun rights and when when the state has the authority to deny any individual or group of individuals that you think or you feel shouldn't have this right shouldn't be able to to bear arms because they committed a felony a few years back or or they you know they were in a mental institution a few years back whenever you give the government the authority to regulate a group of as you would define it undesirables quote unquote you've yeah. given them the authority to include you in that group and yes yeah, i mean at some point like the the state's a weapon right and as long as you keep that weapon in the room uh, you know, this is the anarchist in me speaking. As long as you keep that uh, weapon like in the room with you and all your other countrymen, like you run the risk of that being turned on you at some point. Absolutely. Right? And if if you think it won't be, then I just think you're ignorant. Yeah. Um, whiskey, I I thank you very much for your time. Uh, if you want, go ahead. Tell tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, and if you got anything else that you'd like to to say, feel free. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, hope my audio quality was okay. Sorry for any listeners if it wasn't. I'm traveling right now. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, I had a few pages get deleted, to say the least. Uh, right now it's cocktails, period, and period, compliance. A little play on, play on words <laughs> so they don't find me. Um on Twitter, it's whiskey n, as in the letter November uh, rebel, and then on Facebook, it's just whiskey and rebellion. Right um, on. But yeah, man. Uh, again, appreciate you having me on. Uh, no, man. The, the 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 pleasure is all mine. I I very much appreciate you coming on and and trying to clear the air, um, especially with everything that that just went so so far south with with everything and. Um, if, you know, since Alex is MIA at the moment, you were the next best person to, uh, to, to be able to do that. So I, I really appreciate your time. Um, if, uh, you know, is, yeah, is no there, problem. Hopefully, hopefully we hear from Alex soon. I hope so. And, and believe me, uh, everybody that, that is, uh, following us, um, you better believe as soon as we hear something from Alex, we'll let everybody know. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we, uh, close things up? Uh, no, sir. Don't think so. All righty. Well, thanks again, uh, Whiskey. I appreciate it very much. Um, guys, that's going to do it for me. If you uh, if you could, please uh, share this video. This is something that is very important that we all, do, all hear and 
and understand exactly what happened. Uh, and remember, there's only six days left in our AR-10 giveaway from ATX Armory. Uh, every $5 you spend in our store is one free entry, uh, and uh, there's no limit to that. Also, don't forget about the postcards to Dan Patrick. Until next Sunday, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo. Thanks.